0: His commandments are enablings. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians, the seventh chapter. And I want to uh, take a look at something that the apostle. Well, actually, let's begin in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. Going to take a look at what Paul said about the spirit of faith and, and what he said about the spirit of fear. They're two opposite forces. And. Uh, Paul said in verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 4, he says, We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. As I said two weeks ago, you do not get the spirit of faith by cataloging a lot of scriptures and information on faith. It is the spirit of faith. And then Paul saying to Timothy, who was a young minister and uh, evidently dealt with fear, like we all do. And he reminded him to stir up the gift that was on the inside of him. And in verse 7 of 2 Timothy 1, he says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So here we have the spirit of Faith, the spirit of fear. Now, when it comes to the spirit of a thing, the most important question is, is which one are you yielding to? Okay? What are you yielding to in your life? And what should you be resisting? I believe a declaration that should be made continuously is I refuse to fear. Now, in Numbers chapter 13... We notice that Moses, by the word of the Lord, sent out 12 spies to spy out the land that God had already given them. So they took leaders from every tribe and they went out to spy out the land. And they went out to do an entourage, not an entourage, but a reconnaissance, if you will, of how that they could take the land. Well, they got there and they began to be moved by fear. Ten out of the twelve did. They were gripped by fear. Notice a couple of verses, and let's start in verse 17 of Numbers 13. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up to the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak or few or many. And what the land is that dwell in, whether it is good or bad, and what cities they that be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be lean or fat, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of what? Be a good courage. And bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of first grape, first ripe grapes. Verse 25, let's drop down there. And They returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they told them, and said, We did come to the land where you sent us, and yep, it flows with milk and honey, and we saw the children of Anak there. And they talked about in the next verse, all the other ones that they saw. And in verse 28, it says this, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and are very great. And moreover, we saw the sons of Enoch, there and so on. And verse 30, Caleb heard about enough of what he wanted to hear from them. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once. Let's go up at once and possess it. Stop reasoning among yourselves. Stop fearing among yourselves. Stop being moved by what you see and be moved by what God has had to say. You know, that's just a great principle right there. What you see is going to fluctuate. But what he say never changes. Okay. And um, and of course, Caleb went on. Let's go once and possess the land for we're well able to overcome it. But the men that went up said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Amen? Now, which one of these were right? Well, they were both right. Caleb was right because he was in a posture of faith. They were right, if you would, because they were in a posture of fear. They really believed that. So they were right to a degree, but they were wrong, really, according to the word. Okay? Now notice, and they brought up an evil report. Everyone's an evil report. Of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying... The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as what? And so we were in their sight. If they had not seen themselves that way, the giants would not have seen them that way. How you conduct yourself and carry yourself in life, how you see yourself, oftentimes will be how other people see you. If you have a spirit of rejection on you and a a spirit of fear upon you, people will look at you the same way. How important is it that we rise up with the spirit of faith? Now, it doesn't look like we can take the land, but you know, bless God said we can so therefore, we can and we will. Amen. So, the ten yielded to the spirit of fear. Joshua and Caleb yielded to the spirit of faith. Now, you grew up in the same world I did. Some of us are older than you. But whether you grew up in the in the 50s, the 60s, the 40s, or whether you were born in 2000 or 2010... It doesn't matter. There is a spirit of the world and a spirit of fear in this world. You were brought up in that kind of atmosphere. And so oftentimes then we were trained in the spirit of fear. But you can change that. And you can go into the school of the Holy Spirit and be trained in the spirit of faith. To where once you yielded to fear all your life, now you're going to yield to the Word and yield to faith. Somebody say amen. amen. And I, I don't think that we should act like fear is not an issue, because it is an issue. Yeah, that's right. yeah. It's an issue for the world, and it's an issue in the church. And there's no condemnation if you've yielded to fear. All of us have. But I believe that we should be keen spiritually... And be alert spiritually and understand how subtle the enemy is and be aware of his devices and his strategies and also be keenly aware of what indicators of fear there are in our lives. I believe that if you will ask the Holy Spirit to show you areas that you have yielded to fear, he'll show you. And he'll never show you to condemn He'll show you to convict so that you can take that, what he has shown you, and turn it around by the grace of God. Thank God there's a cure. I said there's a cure for the spirit of fear. You know who had the spirit of faith? Caleb did. Look at verse 24 of uh, Numbers chapter 14. Notice this. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit within him. And as followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. The New International Version says he had a different spirit. What spirit did Caleb have? Caleb had the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith, Brought Caleb and Joshua and their seed into the land of promise. Yes, it did. Now they were detained for a number of years. But they hold steady. They held fast. They patiently endured and trusted God that he would bring them into their land of promise. Amen. And you know what? They got, yes, they got in. Now the others didn't get in. And their seed didn't get in. And the reason why they didn't get in is because they yielded to the wrong spirit. Fear gripped them. And they yielded to it. And it brought them to a place of defeat. Oh, my brothers and sisters. God wants us to rise up and to take the mountains. He wants us to rise up and possess the land. He wants us to do the things that he's called us to do in the Word of God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to get into some things this morning. How many of you are believing God with me today? If you believe God with me, I believe the Holy Spirit will say exactly what needs to be said. And he will tailor make it specifically for you. So Father, in the name of Jesus... We draw from the spirit of the living God. We draw from your word. We come into agreement as touching this thing for the rest of this service today. Help us to see truth. And as we see truth, may the truth set us free. Lord, unveil and unfold any areas of fear that we've yielded to. And help us to rise up in faith and ward off those things that the enemy has done in our lives, and we give you praise for it in jesus name. Amen. Amen. now notice this in second Corinthians chapter seven and verse five here 's the apostle Paul, the great apostle paul he said, For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh what what did his flesh not have it 's not a very fun thing when your flesh doesn 't rest has anyone Gone without sleep for an extended period of time. Yes. One day. Two days. Three days. Four days. You know something? Life can get pretty ugly when you don't have rest in your in your flesh. And you can get pretty ugly. Okay? But he said now, our flesh, it didn't have any rest. Now, he goes on to, to share why. He says, but we were troubled... On every side. Without were fightings. Within were fears. Verse 6. Nevertheless. Whenever you see nevertheless, you want to pay attention. I love this. Nevertheless, God. We were troubled on every side, but God. Bills may be stacking up and laughing at us, but God. All right. You got that? But God. Now, what does God do in this case? Uh But God that comforts those that are cast down. Mm -hmm. He comforted us by the coming of Titus. So comfort came by the Holy Spirit through a vessel by the name of Titus. I pray to be that blessing in people's lives. I pray the Holy Spirit flows through you and flows through me and brings comfort to those that are in despair. To lift up sheep that have been cast Mm -hmm. and to encourage them and place them back on their feet and say, you can make it. You can get back in life's fight and you can win. Now notice this. He said here, Without were fightings, within were fears. How many of you know that fear will come to you from the outside? That's why it is important to recognize it. And to give it no place. Now just because fear comes to you and comes to me, it doesn't mean that we're not spiritual. You look like a very spiritual bunch today. Some of you even look, yay, even pious. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual because you're tempted to fear. What it means is you're living in the world. Right? Remind you, in it, but not of it. Now you and I cannot control everything on the outside, but we can control what we let inside. If fear gets into my life, is because i let it come in and so our responsibility then is not to let it in even though we're tempted to fear even though your hands may be sweating your knees may be knocking you do not have to yield to fear yeah. say it with me I do, I do not have to let, to let what's on the, on the outside get on the inside Everybody okay now? Yes. Now listen to this statement. When we are challenged and pressed and tempted to fear, we can be confident that the comforter is here. Amen. Yes, Hallelujah. Is here. Oh, draw from the comforter. Draw from the Spirit of God, not only upon you, but living on the inside of you. Look at this in John 14. This is so good. But the Comforter, verse 26, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. Now, what this says to me is the Holy Spirit is the anti-fear spirit. Comfort will give you rest in your body. Comfort will give you rest in your soul. Now, notice verse 27. Are you ready? Let's read this. This is good stuff. He said, ready, read. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I have never pictured Jesus scared or terrified. He's the Prince of Peace. He's full of peace. He flows in a peace that passes understanding. We say, well, that's good for Jesus. But wait a minute. He says, that same peace I've given to you. That peace is on the inside of every one of us. Now, if I don't have peace on the inside, and I let it in my flesh, it can't rest. How many of you know now, there's a, there's a natural sleep, but there's also a spiritual rest? And we need them both. Yeah. But natural rest does not come first. Spiritual rest comes first. And when you are resting in your spirit, your body can rest. That's right. Amen. When I have rest in my spirit, my mind can rest. Yeah. When I have rest in my spirit, all of my systems can rest. Amen. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Rest in Him. Wait on Him. Allow His peace that passes all understanding to saturate you from the inside and it will begin to work its way to the outside. Resting in your spirit will cause rest in your soul and in your mind. Resting in the Lord in the spirit will cause your body to be flooded with light, with glory, and with anointing. All of your symptoms can rest when you don't allow your heart to be troubled. Amen? Now... The opposite is true. (laughs) How many have ever spent a night tossing and turning? Worrying and fretting. Worrying and fretting. Worrying and fretting. Wondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, that came out of your spirit. That came and affected your mind. That affects your body. Mm -hmm. Say it with me Resting resting in the Lord. Is the, will of the Lord. is the will of the Lord. I hear the Lord speaking to my heart saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And I think it's very interesting that Jesus said, I am the source of your rest and that you can obtain this rest by simply coming to me. So that means there is a part that you and I have to play to obtain this rest. Too often, people are coming to other things to obtain rest. They're coming to television to relax. They're coming to pills to relax. But all of the rest that you'll ever need is in Him. All of the rest that I'll ever need is in him and I am in him and he is in me. Think of it. He's not only the prince of peace, he's the prince of rest and he lives in you. Glory to God. So he said, come on now, come unto me. This is an invitation for us to come to him. Well, pastor, I, how do I come to him? You come to him through his word. You come to Him like you're doing this morning by assembling yourselves together. You come to Him through praise and worship. You come to Him through communion with Him. And when you come to Him and you cast all your cares on Him, knowing full well that He cares for you, you will find rest for your souls. And the Amplified says you'll find refreshment, Blessed and quiet ease for your soul. Man, that's good. But it's my responsibility and your responsibility to go to Him. Amen. Say of me, He is my source of all rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then, here's a major indicator of fear in people's lives. The words they say. Word of faith people disguise it. They don't walk around and say, well, I'm so fearful, but they'll talk about how stressed they are. They'll talk about how much tension is happening in their lives. Well, I'm just so stressed. I'm just so stressed. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, words like that, if spoken on a continual basis, will register in your heart. And death and life are in... The power of the tongue. Instead of you and I talking about how stressed we are, why don't we change that and say how blessed we are? I am blessed in the city, I am blessed in the field. Come on now. You know, the Lord's training me, I'm in training. Now, this week, I've got a bunch of dental work to do. I've got to go get some teeth filled tomorrow, and then I have a root canal on Thursday. Cancel it. Cancel it. <laughs> and, then, and then I've got a consultation with a gum surgeon the next week. And uh, so they put you on what they call amoxicillin. How many of you know what amoxicillin is? So they they put you on this amoxicillin two days before the root canal. And I've had three of them already, so I fear not. (laughs) You're a man of paste and flour. But, uh, I can make a choice to look at these dental procedures One of two ways. I can dread them and talk about how stressed I am and how full of dread I am to go to the dentist. Or I can say the procedures will go well and my teeth will function in the perfection to which God created a function. I'm doing a good thing. My teeth are cured and healed and whole. Well, if that's true, why ain't going to the dentist? Mrs. Thomas didn't raise any imbeciles. You may not go to the dentist the rest of your life, but please use some mouthwash. What's that got to do with the message? It's got a lot to do with the message. The things you don't look forward to, you have a tendency to talk about how much you dread. Oh, I'm just. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm just not looking forward to that. As a pastor over the years, 35 years of full-time ministry, really, 31 years in this place, I've gotten into situations where I've had to confront people. And in the natural realm, no one, unless they're possibly not saved, likes confrontation. You know. And confrontation is something that you can dread or something that you can pray about and get the Holy Spirit involved in ahead of time and pray it out before you ever have the meeting and have a positive spiritual mental attitude that this thing's going to turn for the glory of God. Are you listening to me? So so don't don't set yourself up by speech that really frames your world that you live in. Don't set yourself up for defeat by using the greatest weapon that God has given you against yourself. I believe that the greatest weapon that God has given us is His Word and the rhema, spoken word, out of our mouth. But His Word, spoken his word not spoken and the enemy's word spoken can set the wrong course for our life. Now, I didn't intend to get in all that, but that'll help you. That'll help you. Words like, I'm so stressed. I got, I got so much tension in my life. Now, I'm going to say this. Fear has different levels. There's full-blown Fear. There's the kind of fear that paralyzes people and and freezes them. But then there's also that slight discomfort and mild dread. It's a lower level, and yet it's still fear. I'm encouraging today as your pastor to develop a zero tolerance for fear. Kenneth Copeland says it like this. He said... Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And it's, it's good to, to pray and just ask the Lord, Lord, set a watch over the words of my mouth. If you'll invite him to do that, he will do that. And you'll begin to see things you've never seen before. And you'll be able to stop things you've never stopped before. Now, the question I have for you today, look over at Psalm 34, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 4. Let's, let's bring that up there if we could. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 3. Let's read it together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt. Notice you didn't say, oh, magnify the disease with me. Oh, magnify the foreclosure with me. No, magnify the Lord. Verse 4. I sought the Lord. That's like coming to him, isn't it? When you seek him, you're coming to him. I sought the Lord. And the Lord heard me. But not only did he hear me, he delivered me from one third of my fears. The question I have for you today is how much fear should we have? If he delivers us from all of our fears... And that comes through seeking the Lord. That means if all of our fears are gone, we have zero left. Now this takes some major mind renewal. And most people really, they don't want to go through the process of renewing their minds. Because they're lazy. Let's be honest about it. And because they're lazy, they will participate in the blessings of the Lord Maybe on this level. But if you'll get your mind renewed. And you will expand your believing. And if you will bind some of these things. And loose the power of God. Your blessing level can get this much. But it takes mind renewal. It takes continual mind renewal. Pastor, is your mind renewed? It's being renewed. I like to say it that way. Because if I say, yes, my mind is renewed, that means I've arrived. How many of you know that mind renewal is a daily process? Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. I don't know about you, but that's something we've got to work on every day. Confirmation to this world is something you and I deal with all the time. Why? Because we live in the world. And so he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word transformed there means be changed. Be changed. And the Amplified, it says, by the entire renewal of your mind through the Word of God. That's awesome. So if you are willing to take the time and come into the school of the Holy Spirit who is the comforter and let him train you and develop you and allow your mind to be renewed, your life can be dramatically changed. And you do not have to wait until next year before the change starts taking place. I know I'm preaching good now. This change can take place today. This change can take place tomorrow. I heard a scripture that we're continually being changed and transformed from one degree of glory to the next. We're going from glory to glory, not fear to fear. Not faith to fear and then back and backslid. No, glory to glory. Faith to faith. Strength to strength. Amen. So I want to encourage you to talk the word. All the time. In closing, look at Hebrews chapter 4. Everyone say rest. Rest. So if you're resting on the inside, you'll have rest on the outside. Now, in verse 1 of Hebrews 4 in the Amplified, it says, Therefore, while the promise of entering into his rest still holds and is offered today, still holds and is offered today, his rest must be entered into its available today. Let us be afraid to distrust it, lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come short of reaching it. Verse 2. For indeed we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as the Israelites of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith with the leaning of the entire personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it, neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard and did believe. So what is it that is in the way of people overcoming its fear? Verse 3. This is you and this is me. Say this with me. This is me. This is who I am. For we which have believed... What do believers do? Believers believe. you got a believer on the inside of you. For we which have believed do enter into that rest. So we enter into that rest by believing. And when I am in real faith, I am in real rest. But there's God... Your peace level's got to be monitored. And look at verse 5. Seeing then that the promise remains over them from past times for some to enter that rest. And those who formerly were given the good news about it and the opportunity, they failed to appropriate it and did not enter in because of disobedience. But nonetheless, there still remains a rest for us. So then verse 9 there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. Say it with me. This is ours. This is ours. In, this In this earth. Right now. Right now. His, rest is His rest is mine. Verse 10. For he who has once entered God's rest has also ceased from the weariness. Now listen. And pain of human labors. Just as God rested from those who peculiarly his own here's a phrase i want you to look at we've just got a few minutes left so stay with me just for a few more moments notice this in verse 10 the ones who enter into rest have ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors the devil is a master at getting us to walk by sight And the moment we start walking by sight, there's something about the human flesh that thinks it's got to do more and work more and confess more and pray more. Oh, I got to confess the word. That's not rest. How many of you know that God, I can hear Norval saying, God don't bless nervous prayers. (laughs) Try that on for size today. God God don't bless nervous prayers. Nervous prayers are the opposite of restful prayers. But the temptation is there. Working to get it. I've got to confess more. I, you know what? I, I, better, I better go on a 40-day fast. That's what I'll do. And, uh, you know, during this fast, God's going to answer my prayer. What about just simply praying in faith and resting in the fact that God heard you and has already answered your prayer? Well, I need to go on a 21-day fast, though. Because during that fast, I'm going to get my healing. What about, by His stripes, I was healed. I've already got my healing, and I'm resting in the fact that it is done. Now, if God leads you to go on a 21-day fast, or a 40-day fast, or a 3-day fast, fine. But don't do it trying to talk God into doing something He's already done for you. Because anytime we get into that mode of trying to get God to do something He's already done, we're in human labor. Okay? Now, just a thought, right? But here's what rest says. Rest says. Say this with me. It's mine. I'm not trying to get it. I believe I've already got it. If I just behave myself a little bit more, then I might have favor. No. Look at verse 11. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to get our healing. No. no. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to be righteous. No. No. No, no, no. no. Let's strive diligently to enter into that rest of God, to know it and to experience it for ourselves, that no man may fail or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into those who fell in the wilderness. I'm going to make a statement in closing, and I'm going to read it just like my notes say it, and this is a good take-home for me and for you. The part where we must make effort is not effort to get something. But the laboring to enter into that rest is a labor to stay in the rest. And to overcome every lying thing, every distracting thing, every pulling thing that is trying to snatch you out of that rest. Trying to get you upset and scared. So there is a fight to faith, right? But our fight is not to obtain something. Our fight is to enforce someone who's already defeated. And someone who's under our feet. Let us therefore be zealous. And let us exert ourselves diligently. To enter in. And to stay in the rest of God. Father, right now, I pray for my friends today. I pray for my brothers and my sisters. There's been a lot of things that have been said today. I pray, Lord God, that you, by your spirit, would just bring this to their remembrance. Lord, those that are really, really want their minds renewed. Lord, I pray that you would just open your word to them. Flood their hearts with light strengthen each and every one with mighty power by your Spirit in the inner man. I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. If you would stand to your feet right now. I'm going to ask our prayer room, room workers to come.